Chapter Seven of Marriage, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Patty Cunningham. Marriage, Volume One, by Susan Edmonstone Ferrier. Chapter Seven. When winter soaks the fields and female feet, too weak to struggle with tenacious clay or ford the rivulets, are best at home. The task. The meal being at length concluded, Glenfern desired Henry to attend him on a walk, as he wished to have a little more private conversation with him. Lady Juliana was beginning a remonstrance against the cruelty of taking Harry away from her, when her husband, whispering her that he hoped to make something of the old gentleman, and that he should soon be back, she suffered him to depart in silence. Old Donald, having at length succeeded in clearing the table of its heterogeneous banquet, it was quickly covered with the young lady's work. Miss Nicky withdrew to her household affairs. Miss Jackie sat with one eye upon Lady Juliana, the other upon her five nieces. Miss Grizzy seated herself by her ladyship, holding a spread letter of Lady Maclaughlan's before her as a screen. While the young ladies busily plied their needles, the elder ones left no means untried to entertain their listless niece, whose only replies were exclamations of weariness, or expressions of affection bestowed upon her favorites. At length even Miss Jackie's sense and Miss Grizzy's good nature were at fault, when a ray of sunshine darting into the room suggested the idea of a walk. The proposal was made, and assented to by her ladyship, in the twofold hope of meeting her husband and pleasing her dogs, whose whining and scratching had for some time testified their desire of a change. The ladies therefore separated to prepare for their sortie. After many recommendations from the aunts to be sure to hap well, but, as if distrusting her powers in that way, they speedily equipped themselves and repaired to her chamber, arrayed cap a pie, in the walking costume of Glenfern Castle. And indeed it must be owned, that their style of dress was infinitely more judicious than that of their fashionable niece, and it was not surprising that they, in their shrunk duffel greatcoats, vast poke bonnets, red-worsted neckcloths, and pattens, should gaze with horror at her lace cap, lilac satin pelisse, and silk shoes. Ruin to the whole race of Glenfern, present and future, seemed inevitable from such a display of extravagance and imprudence. Having surmounted the first shock, Miss Jackie made a violent effort to subdue her rising wrath, and with a sort of convulsive smile addressed Lady Juliana. Your ladyship, I perceive it is not of the opinion of our inimitable bard, who, in his charming poem The Seasons, says, Beauty needs not the foreign aid of ornament, but is, when unadorned, adorned the most. That is a truth that ought to be impressed on every young woman's mind. Lady Juliana only stared. She was as little accustomed to be advised as she was to hear Thompson's seasons quoted. I declare that's all quite true, said the more temporizing Grizzy. And certainly our girls are not in the least taken up about their dress, poor things, which is a great comfort. At the same time, I'm sure it's no wonder your ladyship should be taken up about yours, for certainly that police is most beautiful. Nobody can deny that, and I dare say it is the very newest fashion. At the same time, I'm just afraid that it's rather too delicate, and that it might perhaps get a little dirty on our roads. 
for although in general our roads are quite remarkable for being always dry, which is a great comfort in the country, yet you know the very best roads, of course, must be wet sometimes. And there's a very bad step just at the door, almost, which Glenfern has been always speaking about getting mended. But to be sure, he has so many things to think about that it's no wonder he forgets sometimes. But I dare say he will get it done very soon now. The prospect of the road being mended produced no better effect than the quotation from Thompson's Seasons. It was now Miss Nicky's turn. "'I'm afraid your ladyship will frighten our stirks and stoats with your finery. I assure you, they are not accustomed to see such fine figures, and,' putting her hand out at the window, "'I think it's spitting already.' All three now joined in the chorus, beseeching Lady Juliana to put on something warmer and more wise-like. "'I positively have nothing,' cried she, wearied with her importunities, "'and I shan't get any winter things now till I return to town. "'My roquelaire does very well for the carriage.' "'The acknowledgment at the beginning of this speech was enough. "'All three instantly disappeared like the genie of Aladdin's lamp, "'and like that same person presently returned, "'loaded with what, in their eyes, were precious as the gold of Arabia.' One displayed a hard-worsted shawl, with a flower-pot at each corner. Another held up a tartan cloak, with a hood. And a third thrust forward a dark cloth, Joseph, lined with flannel. While one and all showered down a variety of old bonnets, fur tippets, hair soles, clogs, pattens, and endless etceteras. Lady Juliana shrank with disgust from these delightful haps, and resisted all attempts to have them forced upon her declaring in a manner which showed her determined to have her own way, that she would either go out as she was, or not go out at all. The ants were therefore obliged to submit, and the party proceeded to what was termed the high road, though a stranger would have sought in vain for its pretensions to that title. Far as the eye could reach, and that was far enough, not a single vehicle could be descried on it, though its deep rut showed that it was well frequented by carts. The scenery might have had charms for Ossian, but it had none for Lady Juliana, who would rather have been entangled in a string of Bond Street equipages than traversing the lonely heath with the stream murmuring hoarsely the old trees groaning in the wind, the troubled lake, and the still more troubled sisters. As may be supposed, she very soon grew weary of the walk. The bleak wind pierced her to the soul. Her silk slippers and lace flounces became indistinguishable masses of mud. Her dogs chased the sheep, and were in their turn pursued by the knouts, as the ladies termed the steers. One sister expatiated on the great blessing of having a peat moss at their door. Another was at pains to point out the proposed site of a set of new offices, and the third lamented that her ladyship had not on the thicker shoes, that she might have gone and seen the garden. More than ever disgusted and wretched, the hapless Lady Juliana returned to the house to fret away the time till her husband's return. End of chapter 7 Recording by Patty Cunningham